welcome to our podcast, She Inspires. A podcast created to inspire community, connection, empowerment, and courage. Designed for women who are committed to standing tall, living bravely, dreaming big, and celebrating life fully. I'm Gina Marie. And I'm Haley. And we're so glad to be back with you. We're back. We're back. <laughs> we're always back. And we are so excited because we have a fantastic guest. Fantastic. Katie. And she is such an inspiration. And she is an artist. And she is mm. a mom. And she's a creator and an actress and a yoga teacher. And the list goes on and on. And we get to spend time with her today. <laughs> and she's here. So we're I should so introduce her. <laughs> Thank you. That was so nice. I was like, this list keeps going. It's never I ending. Just, it's never ending. Wow. I should have just kept going. <laughs> I will after. So we're just so happy that you're here. Yeah, we're so happy, Katie. Thank Maybe you. tell everyone like a little bit about you. Yeah. Do you remember listed a couple of things? Yeah. And what do you want to so, highlight? <laughs> what do I want to highlight? Oh my gosh. Um, I am all of those things and I do all of those things. And, you know, I think like the overriding theme is that I just kind of go with the flow. Mm, you do. And that my life has largely been um, creative. And then I sort of lost that for a little bit and really just made a point to bring that back mm. into focus. And it's just mm. who I am. So not hiding from that anymore. You know, I think there was – there was. A little bit of a time where I didn't know how to do that and be a mom. And um, I, I didn't see the possibilities in that because I'd always sort of separated those two things. And what I've come to understand about myself as an artist is that it's not something that you can ignore. Mm -hmm. It just kind of always is like... Knocking at the you. door. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really cool journey to like let that unfold. Because you have three. Three boys. Three boys now. Three boys. Three right? boys. <laughs> three, boys. Wow. three boys. They are like amazing and so inspiring and so busy. Gina mm -hmm. Marie was at my house them? the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and only two were there. Yeah. And you saw. Um, five, Radley is five, Willie is three, and Abel is six months as of yesterday. Oh my God. Happy birthday, I know. Baby. Poor Sweet guy. Baby. I just looked at him at like 7 p.m. and I was like, guys, he's six months. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst the crazy, that's why you do it. Oh, yeah. Good job. Yeah. Oh there God. he is. So, um, it's, it's so great. They're so great. They are so such children are just so full of light and possibility and everything is amazing to them. Today, Radley was at swim team and his coach asked him to uh, help him get something. And he like walked back to the shed to get some kickboards. But he told me about it later and he was like, mom, I went to this magical shed. <laughs> she had a magic key. Aww. The door holds itself open. It's magic. And it's just like this little thing that I was just like, the world is so amazing to them. Mm. And I forget that so often. I So, I mean, we have these filters that we put on life and it's just so nice to be around that. Mm. Yeah. You know, that. and just to hear that and be like, oh, I remember stuff like that. And especially for creativity. Like, yeah. 
to be able to be that open and receptive and excited and passionate about whatever comes your way and just like you said go with the flow yeah and see what comes out of it is so fantastic do you think they have your artistic side uh I don't know I'm playing this game right now with them to see if they know how to harmonize. <laughs> oh, I love that game. I love that game. How's it That's going? That's amazing. It's like, we're like in, Radley's like 60% of the time. He nails it. And then Willie's not interested. It's just, so I don't know. I mean, I, do I think they're creative? Yes, of course. I think all children yes, are creative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's just about nurturing that. And I don't really know how to yet. I know that at school they do music, and I know mm-hmm. that's so important and all that that sort of thing. But I'll be, we'll be talking about that soon enough. Because <laughs> you have the studio. Yes, well, and I think just them watching you do what you do. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, like Katie is... Actress, singer, mm-hmm. writer, playwright. Yeah. Like, can you share a little bit about that? Like, that. Yes. Yes. I would love to. So, um, where do I start with all of that? I, I guess know. I just start with, I grew up doing those things, as I know both of you did, singing and acting. And um, it was never, like, the only thing I did. And it was just something I always loved. And... I pursued theater in college. I went to Cincinnati Conservatory of Music to study acting. And it was just the most glorious four years ever. Just to be around the magic of theater, the possibilities, mm-hmm. just the amazing teachers, amazing students. You know, I mean, you went to a school like that. I don't mm-hmm. know where. I, don't know. I went to Trinity in San Antonio. Yes. So we had all sorts. But and, and I get it because it's just, I almost feel like college can be that same in a very different way, but that same kind of magic that you experience yeah. as like a little kid, totally. just in a different way because yeah. it's such a, an opportunity to play in, because I went to a liberal arts school, so it yeah. was, okay, do I want to be in choir, or do I want to take a painting class, or right. do I want to do a writing class, or do I want to go into science and be in lab, and it's always the, um, like the creating, and, right. the, and the the magic in each class, and some are like, mm, no, right. and other ones, it's like, Oh, that really sparked an interest. Yes, in me. yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like a playground. It's like yes. a big playground. Yes, how fun is that? What mm-hmm. an amazing opportunity to have had that. And so I look back on that time with just such love and appreciation and gratitude that I was able to do that. And then, um, as many artists do, I moved to New York City, and whoa, that was. I don't know. I something. mean, that was something. <laughs> it was something. And I, and in my brain, I knew like, oh, it's not going to be like this. I know it's not going to be like this. And a little part of my brain, I was like, but maybe it's just like that. Yeah. Maybe it's just amazing and wonderful and like mm-hmm. sex in the city with, you know, cause that, that was a big show at the time. Um, but, and it, 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 it didn't, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It worked for a little bit and I didn't have the tools to know that I could create what I wanted to create anywhere. And I felt really small in that city, as as I think every single human does. And though, I just kind of got to to a point where I was like, I don't know if I want to put in what it's going to take to feel like this is where I 
I am supposed to be because I didn't feel like it was where I was supposed to be at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I think it does make sense. It, yeah, I mean, well, it, especially like I moved to New York too to mm-hmm. do to do theater and to do musical theater. And what was interesting for me is kind of what you're talking about is I felt very, very uncomfortable in the theater side of New York. Mm-hmm. The city of New York. Oh gosh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I just could walk down those streets, and we're actually going next month. I'm taking Haley to all my oh, favorite spots. Amazing. And, um, and and you're right. Like I felt like I lost my creativity mm. there, which I think is really interesting because most artists move there to like allow their creativity to expand. Yeah, or to find it, right? Yeah, or, or even to find to, it. Like, yeah, like find the thing that's going to draw or it out. Or even to find it. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, after New York, I stopped performing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of something interesting that I haven't really thought about. Um, I love the city, love the energy of the city. And for me as a performer and a creator in the city, it just didn't pair well. Yeah. I think too, there's some, did you move right after college? Mm-hmm. There was a time... Um, you know, I think right when I graduated college, which is, what are we, 22? Maybe barely 22, mm-hmm. just 22. Um, and I look back now as I'm almost turning 30, and I'm like, I was just a baby. A baby. Yeah. Totally. And and I love what you said. It's like, I like, and I think back on those, I mean, I was still in college, even though I wasn't in college anymore. <laughs> like, I remember I lived in a house with six girls. Totally. In San Antonio, two bathrooms. We all didn't really have jobs. Yeah. I don't even know what we did. I told Junior yeah. this. I was like, I kind of babysat and was applying to grad school. My friend Emily worked for Taco Cabana. Like, hey, but we do what you got to do. Like, <laughs> she worked for corporate, but she told everyone I worked for Taco Cabana. And we were all like, okay, great. And, Freaking you know, it was, it was just an interesting, and it was exactly what I needed after college to continue my own growth Mm. and to still be nurtured in that almost like a bubble. Like I still had my community and my girls and my people. And it was a place where I could then make the transition from college into young adulthood even and and being on my own and supporting myself on my own fully. And I think back to that time and think about both of you moving to New York somewhat by yourself to be in a place where you were then smacked real quick with adulthood and reality yeah. and you were you know you play with the big boys in new york i can imagine as yeah. soon as you step foot there totally um and you you leave the incubator you right leave right that safety net of college where it is so mm-hmm. creative and such a um conducive environment to creating and developing into a world where it's free for all yeah in new york yeah and there's no there's no roadmap for sure. There's no roadmap for any of us. And there's really no roadmap in that yeah. profession. And what what I just continued to hear and know about myself was that I just wanted to create. Like, I just wanted to create. Mm-hmm. Anywhere, not anywhere in anything. And I wanted the opportunities. And what I felt was just the door closing, totally. closing, closing. And that really wears on your spirit. Mm-hmm. And you live in a, you know, roach-infested whatever with eight people. And, you know, so these things. But um, anyway, life, I chose to leave New York. And and I'm 
glad I did. I mean, I, I know it was the right thing. I think at the time I thought maybe this is a little premature and I needed to take a step back. Yeah. And I always knew that I could go back if that's really where I was called to be. And I, I haven't felt that since. Um, and I love what you said. I, I want to point this out because it really hit home to me is that, you know, you didn't, you didn't see or you didn't know you had the tools in to know that you could create what you wanted mm. anywhere. And I think that's important for women or men, anyone who does want to create, who's in entrepreneurship, Absolutely. who's in developing something and making something, is that so much of the time I think we think we have to be in New York or right. I have to be in L.A. Mm -hmm. or I have to right. be home or I have right. to be in Bali. Like wherever it is that, we, you know, there's always the, well, I need to find um, the perfect space or the perfect yes. environment. And you don't necessarily, uh, like what you have to create lives within you. Absolutely. Like you have what you need within you. And then it's taking, you know, for me, it's been having the discipline to listen to that. Yes. Because then you knew, okay, I do have what I have to create in me and it's not for me to be in New York. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And like you knew that it was time for you to move. And right. so it's always that, that game of, okay, what is it I want to create? Like, here's what I'm drawn to. And then asking, like, the questions on, can I do that here? Yeah. Or can I not? Okay, I'll move, or I'll go here, or I'll stay. Or I'll stay. Or mm -hmm. I'll try it. Or, you know, when Gina Marie and I did our show this summer, when I wrote it, no, when I spoke to you about it, <laughs> when I called Gina Marie and I was like, hey, call me, I have a question for you, and it was a big one, and <laughs> uh, asked Gina Marie to be in the show, Having never seen her on a stage, mm -hmm. just knew her through yoga and had heard her beautiful voice and um, knew, that, knew that you were a performer and and just had a connection. I mean, yes. we know that, right? As we live, we connect with people and yes. we start to really tune into our intuition and know things. And um, I hadn't finished the script and I was in very constant communication. I always am when I'm working on a project just with, I'm, I'm committed to my medita meditation practice. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to my yoga practice. And I need that stillness to connect and to get in alignment with how this is, or not how this is going to happen, but what my next step is. Yes. Because when you create something from nothing, you don't know what your first step is until you take it. And yes. then it's, for me, it's just constantly a matter of getting still and listening mm. and hearing what it is that needs to happen next and then doing it mm, and just yes. being bold and making bold requests and asking people to be in shows. And Gina Marie says, sure, send me the script. I said, I'm almost finished with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how it ends. Oh, no. And I'll send it to you next week. You know, one of those things. Um, and that's part of, that's the thing that I love about the creative process is just, and that's the thing I love about meditation and yoga that, the two go hand in hand for me and I'm sure they do for you, for you ladies mm -hmm. also. It's there's something about being connected physically and aligned spiritually and moving forward. And like there's nothing that gets me in that place in any other way than doing those two things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like an openness and like a willingness to receive. And, yes. Because there have been so many things that have come through to me on my yoga mat. Oh, yeah. Or when I'm on my meditation walks that I take <laughs> or my prayer. And mm -hmm. it just like is a knowing in my heart and my soul. Like 
okay. Right. This is either what I need to do or this is what's going to be coming. Yes. You and know? you are very clear about that. I know that about you. Yes. And you are. So I, you I, live I, it. Yeah. I, yes. And it really gets me all jazzed inside. And I know <laughs> that I don't know. Maybe I don't know the how. Kind of what you're saying. Like, yeah. I just know that it will. The yep. way will unfold. Um, and even with what, 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 what we're doing with this. Totally. Like. It's, it's, that's faith. Yes. And I don't mean a religious faith necessarily. I just mean faith in not, it's not being able to see mm-hmm. and choosing to move forward. Mm-hmm. And what I've, what I've really gotten into lately is the intuition versus the ego and like listening for those things in, our, in ourselves, like yeah. in myself. Um, the, when I hear my ego speaking to me, it feels a certain way. And it's loud and kind of judgmental and like harsh and it makes my body like tense up. When I'm mm-hmm. listening to my intuition purposefully, it is like still deep waters. Mm-hmm. You know? So and cool. and I think my ego is ninety percent of the time just like it's like a faucet, like <laughs> just constantly yes. feeding, feeding, feeding. And the intuition is never like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's um it's subtle. So and quiet, and yet it's there. Like your time, it's there's a there's a calm to it, and there's an ease, and it comes with. It's like oh, there it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here we go, and it, there's in and it it um, yeah. Things for me come more easily. Totally. More simply, and I love what you're talking about in um. Light Your Leadership, which is a body of work that I'm certified in that Nancy is too. I don't know if you've done any of the calls with Nancy. And we talk about faith as belief plus corresponding action. Yes. So it's not the blind, the blind belief that just, it'll all work out. I'll just sit here and let it happen. It's the, okay, my faith is that I have a belief in this or I'm going to move into this. And then taking the corresponding action for what you're both talking about is like the next correct step. In a, in a long path of steps. Right. And it's just this one. Seeing the, like, the future picture and then knowing, okay, this is the step now. And right. And this is now. And in this podcast, we started with one episode. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, okay, what should be our next episode? Yeah. And the next and the next and, and developing it from there. And that's how that's how you create on the big scale is just absolutely. Step step. And isn't mm-hmm. that so awesome to know this, these, these are the things that I want to teach my children and I want every child to learn mm. is that no one knows. You just, mm. you need to learn and never silence your intuition. Yeah. Listen to that and trust that because that is who you are. That's who you are. That's who we're created to be. That's, that's the path. Yes. There is no way to know. And if someone tells you that there's a way to do something, you should probably walk away from that yes. person. Right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you know what I love about this? Because Katie, here's what I want for everyone listening. Katie wrote a play. Two plays? Two or plays. One and technically two, right? Two, two plays. plays. Oh. Gina Marie was in the second one. Good yes. plays. Hilarious. Yes. Amazing. Just hilarious. And what I love about them, and I'd like you to share about them in a second, but what I love about it, which ties to what you're speaking, they're called Wake Up Wake Mama. Up Mama. Wake Up Mama. Were both of them called that? Both of them call two. that part one. Part one is just wake up, mama. Part two is wake up, mama. A pregnant pause. Oh yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. And to you. what I love about that is um, what you said is we don't always know what's coming, 
Could you have ever seen that coming for you when you were no, living ma'am. in New York? No, mm-hmm. ma'am. You didn't even have the. No, there was no story. There was. I literally no, just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you nailed it. You nailed it because when we look at our lives and we see these things that we do, you, any of us sitting here, we would never know. Mm-mm. Ever, ever, ever. And I could have said a million times I want to be a writer, but there was nothing to write about, or there was, but it wasn't. It wasn't the thing that grabbed me, mm-hmm. and it was it wasn't the intuition yet. No, right. It might right. Have been some of the ego, it was some of the ego, and then like the intuition yes. was what. Right. So tell would, us a yeah. little bit about that. I oh, want to hear. Well, about Wake Up Mom and how it yes. like came to be. Yeah. Well, because it's a, a production company. It y'all, is. Y'all have created. We this. have created Rushing Productions. Which is My so husband so and I, Davis and Katie, Rushing of Rushing Productions. <laughs> I love, it. love it. Yeah. Yes, and I'm so just. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's just amazing the way that things line up I know. when we are tuned in. Because there were a lot of years where I was not tuned in. Right. And here we are. And it's like, I needed that. I needed that for whatever reason. And this got me here. So I'll tell you what, how Wake Up Mama came about. And that is from doing 40 days. Mm-hmm. And I did 40 days in the office of my house by myself. Not through any studio affiliation. And 40 I, Days is a yoga program. Yes. It's a Baptiste designed yoga yes. program. Baron Baptiste, 40 Days, it's a personal revolution. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I knew that Big, our mutual home yoga mm-hmm. studio, uh, did 40 Days and this and that. And I was, I had a six month old and a two year old, I think. And I was not in a position to commit to going to a studio every day. So I said, well, I'll just pick up the book and see what I can do. So my very best friend, Annie Hendy, who's my, you guys, my soul (laughs) sister from, you know, just the person who God gave me in this lifetime. Um, We did it together. She lives in Los Angeles and I called her and said, I'm committing to do this, but I really want you to do it with me. She's like, I'm totally down. So actually, no, that's not how it happened. That happened the second time. The first time she called me and she said, I'm turning 35. Was it 35? Turning 35, I want to do something big. I said, well, you should do 40 days. I had never done 40 days. (laughs) And she goes, well, I'll do it if you do it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll do it. So the next time we did it, the the reverse Mm. happened. But um, so I committed to this again. And it was the first time after having two children that I really committed to my yoga practice again and meditation for the first time ever for 40 consecutive days. I had never experienced that. And that's a game changer. Um, In the excavation questions, which is part of the work every week, I just started writing and I started writing more and I would wake up a little bit earlier. So I would get up early and do my yoga practice and my meditation because that was really the only time with Mm -hmm. two babies. And I started setting my alarm clock a little earlier. Like, I'm going to bump this up to five because I was writing more. And so one night I'm sitting in bed and I'm kind of writing. Like, I'm typing what I'd written in my journal. And Davis, my husband, like, leans over. He's like, what are you writing? And I was like, I kind of, like, turned my computer from him. (laughs) And I was like, I think I'm writing a play. And he was like, cool. I was like, you can't read it. (laughs) You can't read it yet. It wasn't finished yet. So I, I did write a play. And it was Wake Up Mama. And it was very heavily based on my experiences becoming a mother and that transition and what that was like. Cause guys, that was a big one for me. That was a big one. 
Gina Marie has shared plenty of times. It really gives me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> I know it does. We've discussed it. <laughs> I discussed it with everyone. I'm like, oh, how do you do it? And you're so smart, though, because I didn't. I was sort of blind to this mm. transition. I think I kind of went into it like, oh, it's what right. happens. Mm-hmm. And it was a game changer. Yeah. Uh, and then and then I, I had a miscarriage after our first son. Mm. And so that's a part of the first play because that just took me to my knees. It was hard. It was a really, really low and dark time in my life. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a happy time because I had a baby and it was a really hard time because yeah. I had had this loss. Mm-hmm. And I had never known um, that so many women have experienced it have experienced miscarriage or stillborn birth and just these things that, you know, why would they come up in normal conversation? They wouldn't. And it's something that I believe a lot of women, especially in this, who are going to listen to this, um, have experienced. And it's it's another thing that can bring people together, yeah. which is really cool. Um, and it's a loss. It's a, it's a heavy loss. So... That um, became part of the story. I'm just wow. going through that. and Yeah, and you know that you say that my mom had a miscarriage. And when, you know, I think it's something that when it is brought up, because it's not a lot, that it is all of a sudden people are like, well, and I had a good friend here who also had one. And it's, you know, all of a sudden there's more people than you think. Like Absolutely. you're saying, have it. And mm. um, I love that you're speaking about it too, Katie, because... I don't know. I have not had one. And um, in life, though, I can imagine that's an event that can be very isolating mm-hmm. yeah. and can seem very, like you said, because it's not as common to speak about, can be something that is more isolating. And that's what comes in the dark. And this is in this podcast and bringing women together. That's what we are about is bringing those kinds of things out from the dark and yeah. the, the room and out mm-hmm. here where we can connect and right. offer support and be connected absolutely and that's exactly what you did by Mm -hmm. creating it in your play yes so the prayer and the vision of wake up mama um was to create a platform to or just an experience that would connect women and men and anyone who has either gone through parenthood transitioned to parenthood wants to be a parent isn't being a parent you know all of those things that people just transition. I mean, the whole thing's about transition. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't go through a transition in life? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, I can and, relate right now. Something yeah. completely different. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So motherhood is the, the vessel and it's just about life, like moving through changes, moving through transitions and, and to bring my experience of loss and miscarriage into that created a place for people to connect that I didn't know would happen. And that's the beauty that I think happens in creating something is you might intend for it to go one way and then something else opens up mm. that you never even imagined. And so that was, that was special. Ooh, that's I, so special. It is special. And it's something that I can't even, like I said, I, I can't fully relate to. And yet I can relate to loss or hardship and that, Mm-hmm. And find that connection. And for myself, with a want to be a mother at some point, mm-hmm. can also see that really being something that opens up for me. And I um, 
one of my dear, dear friends, she was, we had this friend group in college and we talked about college and, um, there were like six of us and she was the first to have a baby of all of us. I mean, she's married and had her baby and has a baby one right now. Um, and you know, she had expressed to me that it, there were a lot of times of it being lonely or isolated, especially being the first. And she was able to reach out, um, to some of our different friends from college and some of our different community members and get that support that I couldn't offer her, you know, in, in a way that I truly, I could support as much as I could, but I was limited in that. Totally. And so having different outlets, whether it be through plays or now like the Instagram accounts mm-hmm. and podcasts, and there's so, so many right. resources available to us. And, and I do know that was her biggest thing. And she said, it, it is, Motherhood can be isolating. Absolutely. And you are not only, it's it's this experience of, you can, in a sense, you lose who you were mm. and you're forced to step into who you are and there's really no guidelines and it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be. It's so joyful and so wonderful and it presents so many challenges that are just unknown and it's it's a real it's a real um honor to to transition into and there's like there's loss in it because you you do let go of who you were mm-hmm. your marriage if you're married or you have a partner it evolves into something new your relationship with this child is something mm-hmm. that's new and ever changing and so you know, I know we've touched on the idea and the concept of just grace and acceptance mm-hmm. and surrender. And these are all things that anyone can apply to any point in life. And it's, for me, it was, those were all things that I thought were kind of out there and they became really like <laughs> right here, right <laughs> here. And like my, you know, air that I breathed and yeah. the, the only thing that sustained me in the, in the transition and still, I mean, still I catch myself even last night, just taking a deep breath and sort of like going with it, you know, and and not knowing how to do it. Right. So that is, yeah. Motherhood in, in some sense and just life in some sense, Mm -hmm. like what's our next step? Yes. What's the next moment? Mm -hmm. And just trusting that whether or not we know it, we do have it in us. Mm-hmm. All of us do. If we have a vision for our lives and we have, we, when we're connected to that vision, we can get kind of off track at times. But when we really know that and what that is for us, especially as women, just trusting that and listening to that yes. and, and just realigning with it. It's constant realignment and just going with it. Grace, surrender, breath, you know, all of those mm-hmm. things. And, and then it how happens. is it how is it navigating navigating motherhood with also your company and your yeah. creative and your playwright and finding time for both yeah. finding time to do to I I almost guess it's almost like reconnect to the part of you that you know you evolved from mm-hmm. that creative sense and that person that still has that drive to create and write plays and be the artist that you are 
And where is the balance then with motherhood? And does, is it something that, you know, I can, well, does it bring up any guilt or mm. shame or insecurity around how you're spending your time? Mm. Cause I deal with that as a human, just like one human. Right. <laughs> like I can't, I can't yeah. imagine navigating four different humans yeah. around me. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, it's, it is. I, I'm a very, I'm a type A person. I like to have like a schedule and these things are going to happen at this time. And that's something that I really, again, had to give myself grace with and just accept that I can have a loose structure of the way that I think mm. things are going to go and they probably won't. And it's okay. And so the guilt, the whole mom guilt mm. I just did air quotes, mom guilt. Yeah, air quotes around the mom guilt. Yeah, Yeah. and it is it is real, and I think everyone experiences it on a different level at different times for different reasons. Um, it's for me. I can only speak for myself. I know that I need to care for myself in order to be the best mother that I can be for my children, and the best wife I can be for my husband, and the best friend I can be for my friends. So. While that looks different than it did five years ago, maybe there's less time for that, for those little things. And they still take priority. And I have to be responsible for that. I get to choose how I spend my time. I get to choose the things that I say no to. And, you know, the first thing that I really learned to just let go of is saying yes to everything. Oh, man, love that. You know, I mean, especially as... When, when you do enter this world of parenthood and schools and this and that, and thank the Lord for schools. I mean, all those wonderful things. You will be asked to do everything. Yeah. And what I had to sort of refocus in on is I can't say yes to everything and be the woman that these people need me to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and really no one's let down in the end. It's just, it's, it's, it's like a self-imposed thing. So I say... Let go of this mom guilt thing, this like notion that we have to have it and just create what you need to create. Rely on the people you ask for help from mm-hmm. and just be in that. And if it changes, it's okay. It's going to. Um, as far as as far as running a company and writing and being creative, it's just something that I have to factor into my time. Mm. Again. Little things that, like, I maybe I won't get a pedicure this week and I'll step in that time doing my, you know, billing or whatever. And it's okay. It's it's just different. Yeah. You know? Well, you did such a good job about that in the play. The character that I played was the mom who just kind of did it all mm. and had it all and said yes to everything. Right. And your character... Um, initially fell into that as well right and then by the end of the show she realizes that that's just not possible for the kind of family life that she wants Mm -hmm. to to have Mm -hmm. um because she has to put her family first and not necessarily her family first in the sense of like being at all the fundraising galas Mm -hmm. and but like really being with her family and that was a lesson that I really really loved in the play because I felt like it was so powerful and it's something that so many women men 
all of us can relate to is wanting to do it all and wanting to be involved in it all. And I think specifically when it involves someone else, like doing it all for your kids. Mm -hmm. Like I can imagine. So I'm a little bit different in the sense of that saying yes to everything is, um, I just say no. Yeah, like, you're just, really good at that. Like, yeah. I'm very good at like, that. Like, I probably need to say yes more. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I might be one of the only, well, you know, there's just a small percentage of us, I feel, in the world that are that are this way. And, um, and I think, though, that when I envision my life with my children or even with my husband, like, I think to myself... I would say yes more for them mm. than I would for me. Mm. Um, and so I could really relate to that character um, and and seeing how that would be. Because my mom was like that. Mm-hmm. My mom did it all. My yeah. mom was at our school all the time. Every field trip, anything we forgot, she was there to drop it off. Like she was home with us whenever we were home. I mean, she, she, she did it all. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I know that that's, that's what I so admire about her. And that's a, a type of mother that I would also like to be. And I know myself and I know that um, I am different in my mom and from my mom in the sense of that I need a lot of me time yeah. and I need to restore. And um, so, yeah, it's, it was really interesting to play that character and really interesting to see how it all unfolded. And um, I just love that you write about real things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like that's so so good. much, and what I love when I watch the play, and what I can how I can even relate to it to everybody. I think at this time in this in our society and the world we're growing up in right now and living in right now, it is so connected through Facebook, mm-hmm. through Instagram, through Twitter, through email, through everything. And what we see all the time from an external point is all the incredible, amazing things that people are doing Mm -hmm. or all the trips they're doing Mm -hmm. or how put together they are in their selfie game or with their friends and all these, because that's what we post about is our joys generally, right? the things we want to celebrate, the things we want to do. And I, and I think it's easy to get caught up in looking from the outside in on someone through social media, through a computer and think, Oh, they've got it all together. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, they're doing everything and, and getting, and Gina Marie talk about this a lot and getting into comparison with people. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that comes up big time as you spoke about in your play oh, in motherhood, yes, I bet in entrepreneurship yeah. and actually starting a business and then mm-hmm. being a creative, being an artist. Mm-hmm. My play or my song or my art isn't as good as that art. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what, you know, we're all about with this podcast and she inspires is bringing everybody up and really saying that. There's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There, there is, this is not, we don't need to limit the space and cut people down. We need to bring them all yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Let, like there's no, there's no cap. Like it doesn't stop at some point. And I think that the, you know, the beauty in all of the social media that we're exposed to and that we have at our fingertips is there's instant inspiration and there's instant comparison. So the, the end of the day, we all have who we are and who we're intended to be is inside of us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's simply a practice in, you know, if I find myself getting caught up in that, again, it's a choice. Like, okay, well, step away, remind myself who I am, get back on my track and be proud of that and just do it the way 
let it unfold the way that it's going to unfold. Be proactive about it. But what was it that we, we the belief, uh, faith? Yes, faith is belief <laughs> plus corresponding action. Yes. Yes. So, so I, I just bring that up to say we all have these um, desires and these goals or these visions and these things that we want to achieve. And there's no right way to do it. There's no path, exact path to follow. And motherhood is like a perfect example of that. Like you can set up your day the way you think it's going to go and then someone throws up, you know, or like, (laughs) or someone doesn't sleep. And so I used to get really like, I used to really, that would really bother me. Like, when am I going to do these things? Like, how is this going to happen? It would just set me back. Like I'd be backtracking, backpedaling. And the practice for me is just taking it as it comes, being present with that. And then, and knowing that the work that I need to do, the things that I need to create, they will happen when they're supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. As we talked about when I was in New York and even as an artist, I didn't have this story in me because Mm -hmm. I hadn't lived it. And so following my own intuition led me to a place that I needed to be to create these stories. Mm -hmm. And so I think we all have that. It's just, and we live in a, in a really loud world or we can. So finding Mm -hmm. that balance is so huge and just trusting your needs and as a human or as a mother or as a father, that's what's going to really keep you, keep you going, Mm -hmm. you know? And we've been talking a lot about on this podcast, like how we've seen such a rise in, in women and just like a rise in this need to be heard and be seen and share their message. And, um, I know you mentioned that it's like a vibration, Mm -hmm. right? And, Mm -hmm. um, and I love thinking about it in that way, that, that, that we're just getting stronger together because we're, we're being true to ourselves and there's something so powerful in that. And, um, it's really inspiring. Yeah, just to, you know, um, there's something so powerful in just owning who you are and just being that and not trying to be anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, I, I, I love that. I know. <laughs> Don't you wish you could go back and tell your, like, middle school self that? I think about yes. that all the time. I remind myself right now. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Oh, oh yeah, I, I know. remember. Oh, yes. no. Like, I, I would love that for myself to hear that every step of the way. And even now, I'm like, oh, yeah. I know. Haley, like, you own Haley. Yes. Yes. And go out and create what she's going to do in the world, not what you think she has to do or what um, your dad thinks you have to do. Mm-hmm. And I love my dad dearly, and I know that all of his – all that he speaks to me is from his love mm. and compassion and for his want for me to be successful in all areas of my life. And I can get really caught up. I I just can't. And other people's advice. Mm-hmm. And I seek it out. Like, I'm the one that will go and be like, Gina Marie, what do you think I should do? I'll call yeah. my dad. Daddy, mm-hmm. what do you think I should do? Or my mom. And, I, and, I, and I'm working on that currently is letting, knowing that I can listen to outside input. And trusting at the end of the day that it's my choice mm-hmm. and it's my Absolutely. life and, and that really my voice is the one that I need to listen to. That has to be the loudest. 
Absolutely. And, and I don't always let it be the loudest. I let that one kind of just, mm-hmm. I almost don't even, like, it's almost like I don't. I just let everything else I think we're taught dictate. that. Mm. Like, I really do. I feel like, um... Well, we're told what to do from a very little age. Yeah, well, even, Homework, I mean, sports, I'm a classroom parents. teacher, and I can even see it this way, like, in, in, in classrooms and in my education from an early childhood, I remember, I mean... Thank God it's changed and evolved in education. But, you know, you were quiet and you listened to what the teacher said mm-hmm. and what the teacher said was right. And that's that's how it was. Mm-hmm. And your voice was silent and you let her voice or his voice lead you. And, um, yeah, it's really kind of interesting to think about it in that way. Yeah, and there's so much uh, awesomeness in what's happening right here because – this is the conversation. These are the conversations that our children will benefit from, mm-hmm. that this next generation is getting to experience, whether it's learning how to breathe or practicing yoga or just having informed and inspired parents who hopefully can yes. let that happen. Um, for speaking of like just the advice situation mm-hmm. and – um, I write a column for an online publication called Just Vibe Houston, and yesterday released a, a, an article comparing imparting wisdom to someone versus giving advice, mm-hmm. and just the differences between that. Um, I will read that. Uh, I think you'll enjoy <laughs> Today. it. Today. Yeah, right, right, right. And um, what I've really grown to learn and to trust is that intuitive voice, and that our egotistical side can be really loud and really dominant and it's it's the quickest thing that you can see and the quickest thing you can grab and when we want answers we want them now you know mm-hmm. what do I do okay this is the loudest and what I've experienced with listening to my own intuition and really just like talking to my intuition asking it questions why am I asking the outside world questions when I can ask my truest self the question mm-hmm. and know the answer you know the answer when it comes to you and um, that is a cool practice to just bring into any situation mm-hmm. is feeling that feeling of the stillness of the deep waters versus like the loud, you know, voice of all these other things. And getting advice is so valuable mm-hmm. when you seek it out, like you said. Yes. Gathering experience mm-hmm. and wisdom from other people is huge. And at the end of the day, it's your life and it's our lives and it's... Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that that's something that I can teach my children. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's just this, it's, it's taking these small steps with great love to give to the world mm-hmm. that will, you know, this podcast is going to find someone who is like, holy cow, I've never done yeah. that mm-hmm. or cool. I want to play with that. You know, that's huge. My son the other night, <laughs> okay, this is like kind of weird, but, um, <laughs> Okay, so my husband and I have a bathroom, and literally, guys, we love our sleep so much, and it's so valuable that, like, if I have to pee in the middle of the night, I won't flush the toilet, because I don't want anybody to wake up. I'm just, like, in and out, duck in and out, and I'm back in my bed. And so our oldest son came in our restroom in the morning to go to the bathroom, and he comes out, and he goes, y'all guys, which is what he says right now, y'all guys don't flush your toilet at night. And I was like... (laughs) Yeah, buddy, you know, I don't I don't do that because I don't want to wake you guys up. And he slams the bathroom door and he goes, 
You don't have to follow any rules. Oh! <laughs> and he's going through oh, this I remember thing. feeling that way. You remember oh, that? Yes. Man. And that's what Davis said. My husband was like, I remember this feeling mm-hmm. of just sort of like, you know, like we ride them. Like mm-hmm. it's like you've got to do this, you or I do. Mm-hmm. And so it was just that moment of like, oh man, okay. Like just a little light bulb. Like this is a less, there's a learning moment here, you know? So we kind of talked about it more and he kind of understood like, oh yeah, you like to sleep and it might wake us up and whatever. And though it's, it's that it's I, this generation, like let's, let's keep them who they are. Mm-hmm. Like nurture this, like, like, what do you call that? Like the embers, like, Yes. whatever yes. keep them keep them going what is that called it's like fanning fanning the embers or something <laughs> something about yeah. embers right of who they are and like yes. their desires rather than and putting their creativity and then yeah. hopefully eventually their um their way of just putting out all that they have to give mm-hmm. to the world because mm-hmm. um, we don't want to squash that no no and it is it's supporting you know supporting with structure and with clarity mm-hmm. and communication and I think that's the biggest thing because even in that moment what I see they're just the communicate he wasn't there's misunderstanding yes. right there's a communication here and a communication there and I was like okay well let's communicate more to get to the same playing ground so he understands why totally and you understand why like I remember um even like being a my parents tell me I was the worst when I was in fifth grade <laughs> So for whatever reason, fifth grade was like my year to just be a kind of a brat mm. and a rebel and just like that was my year. And I do remember being in moments of feeling so much, one, that it's not fair, mm. or two, that it was misunderstood. That like I just wasn't, they didn't understand me. Or right. They didn't understand what I was trying to say. And I'm sure it's a, a huge combination of all things because my parents are educators, they're elementary school teachers and phenomenal elementary school teachers. Mm. Um, and there's even something from mine, like I didn't have the communication yet either to be able to mm-hmm. like express myself without getting emotional or yes. really upset or whatever it was. And so again, coming back to these conversations and what we're talking about and having starting from an early age with our children to speak to them like mini adults. Like they, yeah. we don't need to like necessarily at all times tone it down or tap it yeah. down. And there's a way that we can communicate openly and freely to start that young. Right. And to start them knowing that really young. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what, when you think about it in that way, that's why we all, or not we all, but those of us that want to have children want to have children is because we want to change the way that they're not change the way, but I guess like enhance the way that mm. the world is going, mm. you know, absolutely and, contribute and, that. Yes. Yeah. Contribute yeah. Yeah. That. And, um, I mean, even just having this conversation now, I'm like, Oh yeah, I think I do want, yeah, I do want children. <laughs> I, I do want them yes. to be, <laughs> coming in and telling slamming the door and telling me that I you know they yeah. don't, they have I have no rules and they have rules like right. I think that would be just hilarious yeah. like the, and a learning that not only for for your child but like for you mm-hmm. it's like even a bigger learning totally. you know yeah so I love I love thinking about it because I'm a lifelong le- learner like I love to learn things like going back to grad school is one of the best things I ever did which I never thought that would be but I just love learning 
continuously and having these kinds of conversations. So Mm -hmm. just really inspiring. And I definitely want to shout out your husband, David. The two of you are such a strong pair. And I so admire your relationship and the parents that you are and the creatives that you are and the entrepreneurs that you are. So thank you for taking time to be with us. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's been so, so valuable. And would you, Katie, as as we complete, are there any, like, final words you have out there for women, for men, for anyone who is, is, well, I think we're all creative. So really, for all of us, and Mm -hmm. if there's, you know... If you're listening and there's something you want to start or you want to create mm-hmm. and you're a mom or you're a mm-hmm. spouse or mm-hmm. you, you, you take care of your own parents, right? Like there right. are so many different, like so many different circumstances that could, could have you be in, oh, there's so much. How do I even start? What would you offer them? Absolutely. That's such a, that's a, such a real scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all can talk ourselves out of anything to get the daily done. Um, what, what I needed to do for myself to really give myself the best support that I could provide for myself was I needed to eliminate the things that I really didn't need. Like for me as a mother at the end of the day, and I was exhausted, I would just turn on a TV show. I mean, truly. And that's fine. That's great. And I didn't need to do it every single night. So it was taking the time that I did have and reworking that and, and playing with what's possible for me in this time. Or if it's not at night, is it in the morning? Can I get up earlier? Can I? And, and if you're a mother and you have little children, just know that like things will change. Like you, <laughs> they get older, they get older, they sleep a little more. They just do. I remember a woman advising that mothers and I was in on a situation and she was advising mothers to like absolutely you have to wake up before your children and I I just wanted to like spit out my coffee in that moment because I had been up all night you know and so if you're hearing this and you're in that place just take a deep breath and like Mm -hmm. things will shift Uh, and though find what it is that you need to do that just lights you up just a little bit every single day and and give yourself that because you're the only person who can do it. You've got to do it for yourself so that you can do it for other people. And when you do that, things will open up. Yeah. You'll you'll get into that higher vibration. You'll mm-hmm. step into that place where things become possible and then it's just asking questions and taking steps and trusting and having faith and things will happen. Yeah. What I love That's and what good. I hear about that is like just start. Just start. Mm-hmm. With five minutes. It's the hardest part. With exactly. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds. Finding, you know, 15 minutes a week to do that yes. thing that lights you up. To do the thing that restores you or, or makes you feel your most creative. And then going from there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thanks, oh, you are a joy. Yes. Where can you people find you more? Yes. Where can we find Wake Up Mama uh, everything? WakeUpMamaThePlay.com is my website for the plays. Love it. Um, and yeah, I'll just keep putting posts on that. And there's a Facebook page for mm-hmm. Wake Up Mama. And now you're writing articles. Writing articles for Just Buy Houston, which is online. And those are fun and just kind of fun. And we need <laughs> to um, continue our creative work. Yes. For Wake Up Mama and 
a new play. And a new. That we are going to write together. We are doing it. <laughs> we yes. are. Yeah, There will there be more plays in your future? Oh, yes. 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 Hey, a, pr- a production company, why not? Why They're not? Producing. <laughs> like I said, that, I said to you once, I don't know if I said it recently or not, but yes, people write plays to do them more than once. So, yes. yes. <laughs> they will be Good. happy. Yes. Good. Okay, thank well, you, thank you for listening. We love you guys. Thank you, Katie. Come on, ladies. Bye.